Normally, when we talk to Ed Cummings, we normally talk about Jewess, don't we, principally? However, not today, because many people, and I tend to agree, are suggesting this horse is one of the most improved, if not the most improved horse in the country right now. His name is Straight Acer. He's by Headwater. He's a four-year-old gelding, and you know Headwater's produced a few handy horses. Jamea was a Group 2 winner. Maliva, H2O, Wisdom of Water. We got to see a bit in Queensland in the early days, but this horse could potentially be the best Headwater. He stands for about 13 grand at Vinery. And joining us is Edward Cummings. How are you, Edward? Oh, good, thanks, Steve. How are you? Good, thank you. And he wasn't expensive. Tell us about his history, because I see he went through a weanling sale and then a ready-to-run sale for Inglis, this horse straight acer. Yeah, that's right. He was picked up by his owners for about 25 grand after being passed through the ready-to-run sale at Inglis a couple of years ago um, for what is now uh, you know, a very cheap sum. Have you had much to do with this trainer previously? Has he had many horses with you? His name is Mr. Wade. Uh, the owner? Uh, no, I haven't had much to do with him uh, in the past, no. Mm. Okay, so is this the first horse you've had for him, straight Acer? It is the first, yes. Yeah. He's coming through. He only won his, his maiden at Hawkesbury. When was that? That was going by well, class one back in July. Then a couple of a series of midways. And here he is running around in uh, very well in a group one, Rupert Clark on the weekend. He seems to have been in work for a long time. Yeah, he has. And he's going to the paddock. Uh, he got to the paddock there yesterday. So he'll have a decent break, you know, paying full respect to the reasonably tough campaign that we embarked upon with him. Um, to be honest, uh, the goal was always to get him into the Golden Eagle, um, as unlikely as that may have seemed at the beginning of the preparation. Uh, but then, given that he seemed to bounce back within a few days of that run, um, and the Rupert Clark being uh, rescheduled to the later part of the spring in Melbourne, it just seemed like a, a good opportunity to travel the horse, um, give him that experience. Uh, and if we did have plans to go to Melbourne in the autumn, or, or even this time next year, then uh, that experience would obviously hold him in very good stead. And, and it was nice to see him run as well as he did, um, albeit uh, un, you know being unlucky and, and held up for a certain portion of the straight. Uh, but then to sort of see him hit the line nicely once he got into some clear room and uh, Mark Zara could go full bore on him. Um, yeah, certainly a nice portent of things to come. Yeah, third behind Magic Time, who, as we know, is absolutely flying. But even the Golden Eagle, I know the ride was well documented there. He rolled in and caused some, some interference to Amelia's Jewel and so on. But he, he sat wide in that race, didn't he? But th did he have some cover in it, uh, the Eagle? Yeah, he did have cover from a horse called Age of Kings, from memory. Um, yeah, in the but at the, race. Time, at the same time, they'd gone very slowly um, and, and, and he was arguably coming down the... The, the harder section of the track to make ground. So we, um, you know, again, he, he ran very well, very creditably, and earned very good prize money for his owners. It was a great opportunity for um, our stable to showcase, you know, our ability to get a horse ready for a big race like that and, and hopefully, you know, stand up to be counted. Um, and he did that for us uh, very well. You know, and, and, and the rest of the preparation really has just been fantastic. Yeah, you ran the quickest last 200 there, by the way. He was the only horse to break 12 on the weekend. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I think he probably left a bit in the locker as well, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, that's racing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say that uh, 
that was just another footnote in a spring campaign with a lot of our horses where we just weren't quite able to get the clear running that we were looking for. Yeah, you're making reference to Jewess, one of the cases in point. We'll get to her in a moment. Where did you have to geld straight, Asa, Ed? Uh, we actually gelded him after his third run uh, of his first campaign. He um, he won second time out in town on the Kenzo and then uh, ran very well back in distance to 1,300 um, against horses like Garza Blanca um, in a in a three-year-old sort of benchmark race at Randwick. Um He's just, he's very full on, uh, like a lot of headwaters, uh, you know, all the evidence from other trainers is that headwater can, can throw a rambunctious type of horse to deal with, and he's certainly no different. Um, I just felt like it was probably time that we bit the bullet um, and, and, and gelded him to see if we could get a bit more out of him, particularly given that, you know, he's such a, you know, scopy horse. He should be able to. I thought he should be able to run a mile or at least sort of 1500. And having that plan in the back of my mind that as a four year old uh, with a preparation under his belt, he could stretch out and, and potentially be a Golden Eagle horse. I wanted to give him that experience. And so Gelding was critical in, in, um, in getting us there. He had two starts, two starts thereafter, and they were both probably a bit disappointing, really, based on his market expectation. But um, there's no doubt that those two runs, albeit disappointing, set him set him up really nicely to get to the Golden Eagle um, sort of distance and, and do well there. Yeah, and you put winkers on him earlier this year too, didn't you? Yes, yeah. Again, you know, he's he's just always been a horse that he can move very quickly from um, uh, you know going forward, uh, but but he, he, he's a slow mover from side to side. So tactically, you know, and, and in terms of his um, execution and race craft he just needed something to help him focus didn't want to uh, overdo it with the blinkers and just felt like the winkers were a, a happy medium that's the way it appears too he seems to jump okay but he just doesn't have any toe for the first couple of hundred <clears throat> yeah he's getting better and i thought that his run in the rupert clark from the barriers was probably the the best execution that he's that he's um sort of put together um and and equally you know, he was also probably the easiest he's ever been to saddle up and uh, manage himself pre-race. So I'm hopeful that just the experience of sending him down to Melbourne has just helped him grow up a little bit uh, so that a few of those little kinks that he's got in his um, in his pre-race manners um, and, and even sort of barrier manners are starting to sort themselves out. I bet I know one race that you're thinking about next year. Go on. Stradbroke Handicap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, look, 1,300, 1,400, Kingsford Smith and, and Stradbroke are probably two good races for him. It also gives us the opportunity to give him a proper spell um, so that he can make a full recovery from a pretty arduous campaign. And um, Yeah, so the plan would be to probably start him off at the latter part of the Sydney Autumn Carnival and then keep a pretty close eye on how fields seem to be shaping up for the um, for the, for the Brisbane Winter Carnival there too. Yes, um, of course, the all-aged. I wonder what the gap is between the all-aged and the, and the Stradbroke at this stage. Oh, it's a, it's a decent gap, but, but you know, but I think there's uh, even a hallmark on the same card that's uh, 1,200 set weights and penalties that he'd be very well suited in. So um, that's kind of what we were searching for. The only other option is probably the Goodwood, uh, but it's a, 
you know, he's obviously been that way now, but it is a slightly different kettle of fish. And uh, there's probably a little bit better continuity going up to Brisbane and, and looking uh, at races of, of uh, you know, like handicap nature. Obviously, the wait for age path going into Stradbroke, he'd need to be, he'd basically need to be winning the, the hallmark first up to be, you know, really putting his hand up for that kind of preparation. But, you know, on ratings alone, he should be pretty hard to beat in a, in a, in a group three set weights and penalties hallmark. Yeah, what date would that be, approximately, yeah? That's on the 20th of April. All oh, right. So that's the race you'd probably kick him off in. That's the plan at this yeah. stage, yes. Yeah, of course, we know about the Stradbroke form. Think about it, winning it this year, going on to... Well, he actually won the weight for age prior to the Stradbroke, the Kingsford Smith and the Stradie, and, of course, the Everest and the Melbourne Cup winner. And last year, Stradie was private eye and alligator blood. It's all tremendous form. Yeah, definitely. No, it's a great race to be a part of and even better to win. Um, you know, and, 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 and pending results, you, you just never know your luck. He, he might even put his hand up. Uh, for some of the really big races in the spring next year, but you know we've got to get through the autumn first. Yeah, would there be a certain mare that might be coming to Brisbane as well, um, running in the Hollandale Durman Cup, Jewess or not? Oh, I suppose it's always on the on the um, on the cards, providing you know everything um, you know that it makes sense at the time. But look, I think at this stage the the real grand final for Jewess would be the Queen Elizabeth um, in Sydney. And how we get there is probably, you know, fairly tried and true. You know, your Apollos, your Chipping Nortons, um, and either Randvets or um, George Riders, uh, races like that. Uh, to get her there in good shape, she could even flick down to Melbourne like she's done in the past. But, you know, we had to miss the autumn last year through injury um, and rehab. Uh, so it's, it'll be nice to have her back during the autumn where she's arguably got her best form. Yeah, remind me of that injury, Edward Jewess. Uh, she had a, a chip in her off-front fetlock following the Melbourne Cup. Probably had, probably had that issue for more than one run during that spring carnival. Mm. So her past four runs, she ran third in the Underwood Group 1 Alligator Blood, third in the Caulfield Stakes Group 1 Alligator Blood, fourth Cox Plate without a lot of room behind Romantic Warrior and then second to a Tishy last start. And Damien sort of laid all over her. Uh, sorry, not Damien, um, James on a tissue early part of the straight. Yeah, so very consistent, uh, just devoid of luck for, for a large portion of, of the spring. Unfortunately, she, I thought she ran really well and got held up in the wings, even over 1,400, an unsuitable trip. Uh, too far back in the Chelmsford, um, held up again at a crucial stage in the Underwood. I think she could have won that. Um, she was probably just a bit too far out of the game in the might and power, having drawn poorly uh, and the way that race was run. Uh, and then... You know, it's been reasonably well documented that she didn't get a proper crack at them in the Cox Plate. And then I would say that the preparation had just started to tell on her in the champion stakes. You know, we did our best, and as did she, and she was good enough to stick her head out after finding a fresh leg with 100 metres to go. Um, but, but her tissue was probably just too good on the day. And, uh, and yeah, as you say, uh, James James rode his horse perfectly and... and made sure that we didn't get a, a smooth run into it. Yeah. Lovely to talk to you. Two very nice horses. You've got every reason to be excited. Thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah, looking forward to the autumn. And that means we'll be annoying you during the Winter Carnival for sure then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not an annoyance. We're all we'll, we'll talk to you well before then. Thanks for that.
Good man. Thank and Cummings telling us about a horse that's uh, Stratbroker's on the radar. I can understand. Uh, Group 1, Rupert Clark placing there on the weekend. Carrying the 55 a half. Of course, the winner with the mayor's allowance, Magic Time, as we know, she's very good at 53 a half. And yeah, in the Eagle, as Ed mentioned, midfield three wide with cover there behind Age of Kings. Uh, he just rolled in noticeably there, of course, at the top of the straight. And uh, that interference there with Amelia's Jewel and so on, Tyler Schiller. And then, of course, prior to that, second in the Silver Eagle, uh, that particular day when Tommy Berry threaded the needle there from back in the field uh, behind Vienna Princess. And then prior to that, uh, benchmark 88 and two midways in a row. So there you go. It's a good story, isn't it? Uh, with straight Acer.